Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine practitioners. We release episodes on the first of every month. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe and follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Charlene and I'm joined by Tom. Hello. Sorry, I pointed at you like you were supposed to say your name, but then I was like, oh, maybe I should say his name. Yeah, it'd be kind of imagine introducing people to be like, and next up. Hello, guys. It's like, wait, wait, <laughs> introduce yourself. Yes, yes. Um, Happy New Year. This Happy is New Year. The first episode for the first, the second month, I guess, for 2022. Woohoo! <laughs> Do you feel like anything has changed since 2021? Yes. I oh. think. Um, <laughs> Oh, I got COVID oh. <laughs> in that one month. So uh, I guess that's changed for me a little bit. I, but like overall kind of in overall life, I feel like the new year comes and then it's like it's New Year's Eve and then it's New Year's Day. And I'm like, well, I still go to and from work. Like not much has changed yes. for me. Like, yes. do you know what I mean? For the lifestyle wise, that hasn't mm. quite changed that much for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it was probably a bad decision to go on holiday during because <laughs> I, w- I went on holiday for two weeks before mm-hmm. during Christmas break and then I came back and then all my returning patients were still there then I got COVID and a lot less of my returning patients were there so so you're back at work now I'm back at work now slowly starting to build back all my patients mm-hmm. and stuff like that but uh, took a big blow probably wasn't like, I didn't plan to have COVID. Let me just yes, say that. So Yeah. I don't think yeah. anyone does. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're actually wrong. There, there's been a few news articles going around saying people are strategically planning to get COVID to avoid certain, um, so they can get immunity for a few days and then they can plan their holidays or plan their weddings and that sort of stuff accordingly. Oh, is that the COVID parties that were on, reported on the news a little while back. Yes, that's that's the, they're the ones. Oh, Trust Australia good. to have COVID parties to spread it around. Anyways, how was your COVID experience? Uh, it was probably not, it was like an in-between, not too bad, but it's not as light as just a sore throat for me. I had quite a severe fever and headache where mm. I had to stay in bed for three days. So mm. I was self-isolating in bed for three days. Um really bad uh body aches that came in day four and five for me Mm. and yeah I was hopped up on like a bunch of herbs just to like shotgun all the symptoms and get rid of all that sort of Mm. stuff for me Mm. and has it been a few weeks now or a month now yes it's been it's been three weeks now from that from that week and then everyone always talks about like long COVID so I guess what have you been feeling since then uh, for me, I, I've, I've still got a little bit of a lingering cough where um, I know that like there's still some phlegm and stuff building up inside and having to deal with that and a bit of tightness of the chest, I think is the two biggest mm. symptoms for me. But mm. overall, I'm actually quite lucky in the fact that I'm not too bad. Yeah, I'm yeah. Quite, quite lucky that I didn't have to suffer anything too mm. severe. Fatigue? Fatigue? Um, fatigue's not too bad. No, I actually feel not too bad considering oh. I just slept for seven days. Oh, that's fair. And then you recently returned to work. 
Yes. How, much, how much time did you give yourself off or do is required for you to be off? So in Victoria, we're only required to do seven days. It used to be 14 days of isolation. But now apparently if you're asymptomatic on day seven, you're all good to go back. So I, I felt I didn't feel right. So I kind of took another few days. I had to tell that my boss now I, I want a few more days off because I, mm. I wouldn't want to spread it onto my patients. I think that's yeah. the biggest mm-hmm. yeah. scare factor for me is like people come in with problems already. <laughs> I don't want to give them COVID Extra, on top yeah. of that. So mm. yeah. funny enough, that's actually how I found out I got COVID was during when I was at clinic. Yeah. So I, I just treated like my second last patient mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, sore throats. I've, so I did a rat test every single day for the last few days before yeah. because I had a bit of a sore throat and I'm like, mm. it's always come back negative. And I was like, mm. oh, okay, let's just do it again in between patients. Mm. And then that's when it came back positive And I'm like, oh, um, what have I done sort of thing? It's um, Yeah. So then from there, what was the process from there? Like you cancelled your patient? Like- yes. I had to, luckily enough, um, my boss did all that sort of stuff. So I just mm. cleaned up everything I touched, mm. removed all the bed sheets. Um, and then I went straight home to, I went, I went to do a PCR test. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just mostly cancelled the patients. But one of, I had a new patient as well in the afternoon and they were yeah. not too happy oh. about me cancelling. But I told them that obviously it's like, do you, would you rather reschedule or yeah. get COVID? So mm. um yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah how, I think... Oh, you go. Uh, how, how are things in Perth at the moment? So things are a very... I don't know how to talk about this without... Okay, I'm going to try without getting too political because this is a Chinese medicine podcast, not a political podcast. But basically we've been locked in the state. So I've only been here back here for not even a year yet. Um, but I feel very trapped already. But I think the state has been in lockdown for like two over two years now. So like people can't come in or out freely. They need like to apply for um, passes and like need exemptions and this, that and the other. And we were looking at opening um, to, the, to the rest of Australia. But because of the cases over East and the Omicron variant, um, that's kind of been scrapped. And so we are just in this little bubble that is very far behind what is going on with the rest of Australia. Yeah, Perth <laughs> is quite, I think, I guess, notorious in the fact that you guys are like your own separate island country where it's very, very strict. They, I think you guys are probably one of the states with the least amount of cases compared to all the other states. Not just in Australia, around the world. Like, yeah, we have, we're got like a mild like very mild outbreaks going on. So it's like under double digits every day being reported. Sometimes it's two. I think it was like seven recently or five, but it's a very, very minor outbreak compared to what we're seeing over East. Yes. Um, but because we have low COVID rates, the government and the people here have been more cautious. I, I think it's amazing for one of the biggest states to have one of the lowest cases. We're biggest COVID. like, um size. land size wise but our population is not that big like i think you guys have way more population than we do oh, yeah. and our population is very spread out as well so it's not as dense so 
yeah, there's a few factors that have contributed to the low infection rate, low spread. But I think personally, I think that we're getting a little bit left behind with a lot of, I guess, countries, people opening up and starting to kind of return to normal now. Like here, we feel like it's normal because we're still going out and doing um, our shopping, like meeting friends, doing the normal thing. But I mean, for me personally, travel is a big part of my life. And like I have friends in Melbourne, in like Hong Kong, things like that. And yeah, not being able to see them. Even like my brother is in Sydney and not being able to attend, you know, his wedding or like, yeah, see him is yeah, a little bit difficult. Oh, that's sad to hear. So just to give some sort of background information at the moment, I think you guys just hit almost 90%. Is that correct? For second dose? Yeah, almost. we're about to hit 90% for second dose. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is good. Slowly, you know, because I think for Victoria at the moment, most people like uh, for health practitioners at the moment, mm. they told us you have to get vaccinated for your third booster shot before February the 12th, I think, February the 12th. Mm. Otherwise, you might get in trouble for practicing without your third booster. Yeah. Shot. Yeah. I think that that's here as well. Like the vaccination mandates is quite strict and goes across a lot of industries and the what what they've been calling the vaccine lockouts, like unvaccinated people not being able to, you know, do things, go to um, places is quite strict here as well. I think like one of the strictest in the countries. But then what does that mean for us as practitioners? Because we, well, for for WA, allied health and like Chinese medicine, medicine hasn't been listed on any of those like lockout lists. So then, yeah, what, does that mean for us as a practitioner? Uh, I'm guessing for for us at least, you weren't. If your condition was considered critical at that mm. time, where you needed, they need your patients needed to see you in order to get mm. better. They didn't need to be double vaxxed at that time. Mm. I'm not sure if that's the same for you because we're still um, healthcare providers. It's sort mm. of like a they need it to survive kind of thing. So I I'm not sure about for you guys, but during our time when most people weren't double vaxxed mm. you could still come in as long as you weren't in like as long as you were in a critical condition mm. pretty much what about now when people are majority double vaxxed like do you do you have restrictions on like what type of patients you can see or like basically if you can see unvaccinated people i think it's it's very dependent on the practitioner i know during when at victoria was at its worst uh, some practitioners were still open for business. They didn't really care about the spread or anything like that. They were just mm. like, we'll take any patients that are suffering from this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but according to the regulations at that time, you weren't meant to be seeing them. It's like a gray zone. Mm. So I think it's up to your discretion. But if for some reason uh, you're seeing so many patients, mm. maybe you're your uh, association will come contact you and be like, mm. hey, we're in lockdown time. How come you're still seeing so many uh, patients sort of thing? And so that was that was during lockdown. Do yes. you guys have a, like a lockout where unvaccinated people aren't allowed to go places? Uh, we do for restaurants and stuff like that where they did at that time have to check before letting you come into mm. restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think if you own your own clinic, 
you're the one who gets to kind of choose. It's yeah. very grey in terms of where if you can come in or if you can't come in at all. Yeah, because I think the different. yeah, here is very strict because on the list that they um, put out, like unvaccinated individuals can't visit hospitals and aged care. Like not as a patient, oh. like if you're a patient, this is what I'm interpreting. It just says um, visitors to hospital and aged care. So I assume if you're not ill and you're just there to visit someone else, you can't go if you're not double vaccinated, which I don't know. <laughs> you're not quite ingredients of what they sort of set for the rules. I, it's very strict. There's a very long list of things. I mean, I think the only thing that they've excluded is like maybe, I mean, there's probably a few more, but like off the top of my head, I know supermarkets and retail and allied health isn't on the list. I mean, I, those are the major things that I go to, but like, yeah, restaurants, um, like sporting events, like Optus Stadium. Um, yeah, even the hospitals was on that list. So it's very strict. So yeah. Uh, are your uh, yes, patients complaining different. about not being able to do things or like being restricted to? I think rather than complaining, they're just unsure. Like they want to be able to come in and get help, but they're not sure. They don't want to break the rules, obviously. And they don't want to put us in a situation where we're breaking the rules. But at the same time, we don't have any um, guidance or like on what we can and can't do like I guess, yes. like you said, at the moment, it's up to the practitioner. But there, yeah, there's nothing that says we can't. But then there's nothing that says we can as well. So it's not very I clear. Yeah. yeah, there's um, I know a lot of patients at the moment of oh, before when Victoria wasn't as double dosed as it is mm-hmm. now. Um, a lot of my patients, and a lot of practitioners I spoke to are very anti mandate for the 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 what the government can allows you to do and doesn't allow patients to do so mm. i think you get some clarification can you not talk to your association about i think they're still working through it as well i mean because i work for a bigger company whatever they kind of set in place i have to follow <laughs> so yeah yeah it's just it's just knowing what to say to the patients to reassure them but i don't really have any information like yeah, I want to reassure them, but it's really difficult at this stage because there's so much uncertainty. Yes. I think you're at the moment, Perth is at that like critical point between like being double vaccinated. Is it hard to get vaccinated for you guys in Perth? No, I mean, I booked my booster and then I walked in and there was no one there. And I was like, hey, can I come early? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. So I don't think it's difficult to get vaccinated right now. Yeah. It's more of like, should I or shouldn't I sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, that's, yeah, that's a whole. That's the current political state <laughs> yeah. of Victoria and Perth at the moment, I guess you could say. Mm. So let's talk about what to do when you do get COVID and you're isolating at home and you, you've you just been given the advice to take Panadol if you need to, because I believe that's what the health advice is if you get COVID at the moment yeah which is that the official it it is they just sort of say hey take some um Panadol and you'll be right and I'm like oh what about like they don't distinguish between what sort of painkillers to take they don't tell tell you to take like 
ibuprofen or like anti-inflammatories that sort of thing they normally mm. just recommend mm. just painkillers just to kill mm. the pain so um that's the only recommendation they have and just to rest up and drink lots of water i think is the only advice mm. that they have mm. uh, when i was experiencing covid i was on cough medicine i was on watermelon frost i was on um ibuprofen and i was on one more um it was like mostly cough formula because i was experiencing a lot of um fever and chills and headaches was probably one of the most severe i think my one was the omicron variant mm. because i still had my sense of taste mm. that's that's important <laughs> yes and i i did needle myself as well which probably wasn't uh and cupped myself as well like cupped my do 14 cupped my shoulders oh, how did my you back. There is a tube. There is an ex. People who invented cupping, they've thought of everything. They've they've invented a tube that connects onto the suction pump, and it connects oh, onto the cup. So oh, you use suction pump. I was thinking you were doing fire cupping on your <laughs> on your back. <laughs> But okay, yes. Yes, that makes probably, sense. <laughs> probably not the safest thing to do while I'm having sweats and. Colds、yeah. and fevers, yeah. So, okay, for someone who's not a practitioner, though, what what would be the Chinese medicine recommendation for them, or what would be something you would recommend to your patients? Ah,、uh, the most the most difficult thing is like a lot of the herbal stuff. You could tell them a few acupressure points that they can do,、mm-hmm. depending on what kind of conditions that they have. So I know that for. It's a, a little bit hard to reach, but let's say that hypothetically you could treat a patient with COVID.、Mm. Um, I noticed there's I know there's a few studies going around that says a lot of the bladder points are quite good、mm. for shortness of breath,、um, tightness in the chest. So like the bladder eleven, bladder thirteen, fifteen, seventeen, I think were quite a bladder forty three as well were quite、mm. one of the quite popular ones to be、yeah. thrown around <laughs> in the Chinese medicine community.、Um, Bladder channels also like Taiyang channels, so like the most young channel and the first one to get affected by external pathogens. So yeah, even like cupping on the back, very helpful, which you managed to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, it it helps a lot for sure in terms of cupping. Like, I felt like I would have been sick for a lot longer if I hadn't been able to use Chinese、mm. medicine and herbs. All the symptoms would have been a lot worse for me because.、Mm. After I would do treatment, I I, I would feel a lot better、mm. as well, symptom wise.、Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of herbal formulas, if you're lucky enough to get it, this、mm. this there's been a few that I've heard that has been thrown around.、Mm. There's um Xiao Qinglong Tang.、Mm-mm. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. That one's um been thrown around to help. There's a few studies that shows that that's helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was another formula that I found as well.、Mm. Uh, I'll get back. To, I'll get back to you guys on、mm. that one. But I'm not sure how efficate,、uh, like the efficacy of、mm. treating、yeah. COVID. I think it's more、mm. mostly for symptoms that you might be suffering because、mm. everyone suffers、uh, COVID a little bit different. Yeah, from everyone else, but. And I think that's where like Chinese medicine dif- differentiation really helps because it's a flu, which is quite simple in Chinese medicine. You just need to distinguish whether it's like wind heat, wind damp,、um, like 
wind cold and then you can kind of um, add in the herbs if you're a practitioner or if you see the practitioner they'll be able to kind of um, maybe send you some herbs or something like that um, yeah to be able to distinguish what type of cold or flu sorry what type of flu it is yes yeah. and I think definitely as like a preventative to because they've, they've had a, quite a few studies of like if you have pre-existing conditions before suffering from COVID, your conditions for those, so stuff like um, uh, chest pains, like myocarditis, that mm. like chest heart mm. pains, if you're suffering from diabetes, that sort of stuff, it's gotten a lot worse mm. after COVID. People mm. have found that their symptoms for that sort of stuff has gotten a lot worse mm. after experiencing COVID. And there's quite a few studies to support that as well, which mm. is what you don't want, you know. So. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to throw you under the bus and say, why from Chinese medicine do you think that is? <laughs> why? I think I think because um, of how severe COVID and stuff is on the body and it damages the organs to the point where it can't quite reach back to its initial point. So like, let's say your lung function, for example, it's like, that's why I still think I have a ling- lingering cough is because my lung chi can't quite descend properly now and mm. it keeps coming up occasionally and people give me the side eye but that's <laughs> you know it's it's not something I can quite control yeah and I, like I have to take herbs I think to build back my constitution mm. you know to strengthen my lungs before mm. I won't have any lingering effects after a while yeah and I think it also impacts your wei chi as well if we're talking about the lung specifically the lung controls the pores and that kind of external is that external barrier so when you are kind of down already in lung function or like lung chi like wei chi then it, it you are more susceptible to different things and i think when lung is dysfunctioned as well like the spleen also if you're not getting enough like chi from the air then that affects the spleen's ability to do its tt function as well and then what you might have been able to manage before like the pre-existing conditions it becomes kind of a little bit worse because your body's function is not what it used to be before covid yeah. so yeah, yeah i think i, I think um, I think that's probably the three uh, lung, spleen and kidney because mm. I noticed like when it comes with like diabetes and all that sort of stuff as well, a lot of the older patients take a lot longer to heal as well because like obviously the lung has to, other kidneys have to anchor the chi for the lungs as well. So I think predominantly those three as well as the heart probably as well. So there's probably four organs that predominantly get affected mm. the most post-covid yeah. yeah and you're with the spleen and the kidney you're looking at the prenatal and postnatal source so yeah older older generation older populations are going to be more affected when their kind of like prenatal like source is not as strong as say someone younger yes mm. it's quite sad because i had a few patients that are suffering from like post-covid symptoms mm. or like the vaccinations as well has quite affected mm. them quite strongly. Yeah. Like their body's just not able to handle the the mm. external pathogens that comes with the vaccinations and stuff like yeah. that. So, but it's actually something that Chinese medicine can really help with to balance out the body as well and support the organs. Yes. So, yeah, I think if 
people are experiencing kind of long COVID lingering symptoms, then as a practitioner, you can, yeah, be, you can be quite helpful to them. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. There's, um, right now at the moment, I've got two patients, I think, that are still suffering from lingering feelings. One of them is like mental, the Mm. mental side, like after that, after the vaccinations, it, it sort of sent her spiraling constantly she always was anxious and stuff like that mm. so I was yeah. I thought that was quite interesting to see how it's like it's gone from the lung to like the heart and the spleen and heart sort of conditions yeah definitely yeah especially with the uncertainty that kind of is going around as well and you know things changing every like few minutes every few days there's yeah so much anxiety that's kind of been brought out as well or like exacerbated yeah exactly so my mom actually was telling me or she was watching some video and she was saying that after I think it was my mom I can't remember who actually but she was saying um brain fog after getting COVID is like a big thing have you have you kind of have you had patients that have that come with brain fog or have you seen much of that I mean, my brain's always foggy, so I'm not <laughs> sure if uh, COVID or no. Yeah. It's, um, I think it, it has been a little bit common, but I haven't seen any cases personally mm. when it comes to brain fog. Yeah. Did they have you? Did she tell you how they normally treat brain fog from post COVID? No, she just asked me what is brain fog, <laughs> and then like, um, if she gets COVID and she has brain fog, can I help her? <laughs> I feel like brain fog is like lower on the list of like priorities of what's important but I mean like later on if say like in like six months time the lingering cough like things are back to normal but like you're still feeling fatigue still feeling brain fog then yeah because I think what she was showing me was like people who got it like over six months or like over a year ago are like still kind of not mentally like focused and like just like scattered um and things like that it was also in Chinese so I was not really sure what was going on yes (laughs) yeah just her translations which was yes semi-unhelpful at times (laughs) (laughs) so throwing you under the bus Charlene what Hmm. would you do if a patient came in with brain fog post-covid what would you look at I think we'd look for the organ imbalances. So I think spleen is a lot to do with it, with the thinking and the kind of um, chi. But I'd also kind of look at the blood aspect as well. Also liver kind of um, and heart as well, I think is a big one. So I think herbs would be good, but acupuncture also I think would be good. Actually, I do have a patient that experiences brain fog now, not related to COVID, just just in general yeah (laughs) yeah I can't say much more but like yeah she experiences brain fog and I do acupuncture for her and she yeah she's feeling quite good after the acupuncture more focused and you know more motivation to do things I mean there's a bit other things going on like anxiety stress as well but I think like managing the emotions and putting everything back into balance really helps yeah, I, th- I think brain fog, what comes with brain fog is a lot of shun conditions and heart conditions mm. as well. Yeah. So it's very easy to tie in and find points that can help tonify or like reduce yeah. normally for the excess and stuff like that. Any heart phlegm stuff? 
-hmm. Not really. I wouldn't really contribute it to that. I think it's more of the deficiency. Yeah, rather than kind of like an excess. excess. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But yeah, heart flame's an interesting one. Yes. I think our generation faces a lot more heart, like especially uh, first world countries probably suffer a lot more from heart flame conditions than anything. So what would you do for heart phlegm? Uh, Just the usual heart, heart acupuncture points and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just like you want to just clear phlegm. I think herbs, for me at least, and scalp acupuncture is usually the best when it comes to heart phlegm related conditions mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I also had another question halfway through that I completely... Oh, home remedies for COVID. Yes, home what? remedy recommendations for COVID. Yeah. Um, what did you sick. eat, actually? That's another question that popped up. Like, what type of things did you eat? How was your appetite? Uh, for me, my appetite was fine. I was, I was loving it. I was just <laughs> like, hey, I, can I, I just have whatever the family's having, you know, and they just mm, send it okay. through me through like a little uh, yeah. plate and I just can't pick it up sort of thing. Mm. So um for me luckily enough my appetite wasn't affected mm. my digestion wasn't really affected mm -hmm. so I think my spleen stomach side was not too bad no phlegm just dry cough so mm -hmm. I think in terms of severity mine was only like Taiyang at, at the deepest level it was Xiaoyang so it was still mm. relatively upper in mm. terms of the severity so I was quite lucky so once the chosen fever was gone um it just hit like Tai Young, Young Ming sort of level. It just had some body aches and stuff like that. So, I think you also got on top of it really quickly, right? I I try to take as many herbs like as I could when it came mm. to that sort of stuff, like Yin Chao, all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, mm. really helped with inventing all the exteriors, and mm. I was needling yeah. myself every other second day and cupping <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah. Mm. Um, I think once it hits that lower level past Xiaoyang level, you're looking at long term. So mm. yeah. So you didn't really need to eat anything different. Uh, no, I I for me at least, like things like pear and stuff like that to help with the cough. I know I, mm -hmm. I mostly just had um I had occasionally had like honey water just to help with the throat. Mm. Um, like just honey and warm water mixed, as well as mm -hmm. lots and lots of fluids. I think I mm. probably had around three liters minimum a day mm, of fluids. Yeah. Um, that was probably the biggest thing that helped clear all of the excess. Mm. Um, but that's that's mostly it. It's it's yeah. quite difficult in that scenario. Did you have any home remedies that you would recommend, Charlene? Well, I would say regardless of how your appetite is, just go for a bit blander, blander things, neutral, a, a yeah. plainer, neutral kind of things like um just a plain congee um, maybe with some spring onions or something but like nothing too kind of spicy or nothing too like heaty um greasy that type of thing even though your appetite is good just try and kind of keep it a bit balanced um keep up your vegetable intake as well like leafy green vegetables um because that's got like vitamin c in it as well so yeah i would say just be a bit more yeah neutral in what you're eating and like warm water over kind of cold water as well yeah. um 
And then things like broths, just clear broths. You don't know, no like bone broths or anything like that. Cause that's too nourishing when you want your body to kind of be like expelling things to be like sweating it out and yes. like, yeah, getting everything out. So yeah, just a bit more kind of neutral foods. You can have things like um, chrysanthemum tea, peppermint tea is really good to release the exterior as well. And then, yeah, the, this is, I think it's from the Shanghan Lun when we were reading it, where it's like you eat like the kanji and then you cover yourself with a thing, uh, with a thing, with a blanket to promote sweating. Yes. Yeah, that's just kind of what like comes to mind. But then also being able to stay hydrated because you are sweating out like a lot of fluids as well. So you want to make sure that you maintain your kind of Fluid um, balance. Like yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for later on, if you're still getting the like dry coughs, I think the pears, like stewed pears, we were saying is really good as well. Um, honey, lemon, water, and yeah. Goji berries, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, building up the yin as well for any dry coughs. Trying to... That's mostly it. Yeah, I think yeah, that's good I advice as well. I don't think there's too much. Just, yeah, be, be simple. Just keep it simple, pretty much. Don't try to let your body do too much when you're not feeling well let your body do its own thing of recovering yeah. and building mm-hmm. back and then once you recover then you can look into taking herbs and yeah. that sort of stuff mm. as well I think that's it all righty all right I think that's a next next episode we are going to talk we're going to go back into books and stuff like that yes hopefully when we're going to have a bit of a regular upload schedule this year yeah i think so we're still going to keep the once a month i think at the Mm -hmm. moment and we're just going to sprinkle episodes wherever yeah sort of it comes in we can just do one or two episodes just to help boost sort of yeah because i i think there's a yeah there's a lot of topics that we want to kind of talk about as well which we mentioned in the last episodes and i think once a month is probably a little bit two little episodes in the year for what we want to do but also I think if we try to make a bit more regular like a bit more frequent uploads it kind of we don't want to let you down and we don't want to put pressure on ourselves to kind of rush episodes that we don't you know we don't want to do or we don't feel like we have enough content to talk about so we still want to keep the quality so that's why we've decided on a bit of an irregular upload schedule on top of the once uh once a month yeah which sounds like fun like there's there's lots of topics that i'm interested to talk about this year as well surprise here's an episode yeah (laughs) (laughs) pretty much that's pretty much it yeah Yeah. for sure so as always guys thank you so much for listening to the wait ah happy chinese new year ah yes happy chinese (laughs) new year to you and to you lunar new year happy lunar new year yes Year of uh, the Tiger. Yay. It's, um, do you know anything about Year of the Tiger, what we're meant to be expecting? Um, I just know from my social media that it's going to be a good year for the goats, sheeps, and the goats slash sheeps, whatever calendar you follow, um, and the ox. It's going to be a good year. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a lucky year for these two. Uh, I see. I think I, yeah. I saw on your one that the pigs are... Uh, 
aren't looking too good. So, oh no, you gotta pigs. hold on to someone who is lucky and good this year. Yeah, that's what that's what my colleague. She's just like, all right, stay with me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't think it'll cancel out all her good luck with your all your bad luck? So maybe we'll both just have neutral luck then. That's that's like, nice of her then. Yeah, she's sharing yeah. her luck with you a little bit. <laughs> no, hers is bad. Oh, hers Mine is, bad. is good. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> so run, Charlie. You're gonna get I your good luck. <laughs> Keep your good luck. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll share. We'll yes. share. We'll help every help each yeah, other. If we, out. if we if everyone <laughs> neutrifies everyone's good luck with bad luck, then we'll have neutral luck, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll leave it. All right. Continue. We'll leave it there. Yeah. So <laughs> Thanks, guys, so much for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Happy Lunar New Year for, for you guys out there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our discussion page. We have been on the Forever Young podcast, and we'll hear from us next time. Bye. Bye.